A special thanks goes out to the folks at Anchor.fm for bringing you this podcast. Coming to you almost live from our studios in New York, this is Tom Reads Your Story. Stay tuned for readings from social media and other spoken word projects. Join me right now. I'm your host, voice actor and podcaster, Tom Zania. Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm Tom Zania. We'll have your words from social media and so much more right after these important announcements. The afterlife is not at all what Jack Duffy had expected. A failed suicide attempt launches him into a world that tests his abilities. In this world, he learns more about himself after a lifetime of horrific decisions. The Borrowed Soul, written by Paul B. Kohler and narrated by Tom Zania. Listen to this incredible book by visiting audible.com. a good professional sound for your podcast? I'm Tom Zania, voice actor and podcast host of Tom Reads Your Story. I can give you the sound you're looking for for your podcast intros and advertisements at the price and turnaround you need. So don't hesitate and send me a message at TomReadYourStory at Yahoo.com. And we are back. Welcome, everyone. Tom Zania here with you. If you are a person who's been listening, thank you, thank you, thank you. And we appreciate you coming back every week or maybe every other week or or whatever. It's, it's nice to have folks listen and want to listen again. If you're new here, well, <laughs> that's another story. You will find some interesting readings of today's events, of some people's Facebook postings, and who knows what else. So sit back and listen, and I hope very much that you like what you hear, and that you also will make another visit back to Tom Reads Your Story. So you know what? It, it always, as an actor, it always thrills me to hear about local folks from whatever state. I'm from Michigan. Uh, who who go somewhere else and become successful at their dreams and pursue their dreams and love to do what is offered to them and say, "Yeah, I'm from Michigan. I'm from here. I'm from Oklahoma. Whatever." It's a great thing to hear. It's it's it, there's a sense of pride and great accomplishment that these people have. I know I've had it, and it's it's a wonderful thing to hear. Uh, years ago, I was in Grand Rapids, and I was returning a VHS movie to one of the local video stores, one of the bigger ones. I think it was Hollywood Video. 
And I go in to Hollywood Video, and it was the afternoon, and I kind of looked around and went, but it's crowded today. And I keep looking around, and I noticed the TV sets, not the flat screens, which they did not have them, but they had those TV sets surrounding the inside of the store, playing whatever movies they wanted to play. I looked up at the TV sets at this time, and um, they were playing this series called Gettysburg, who had a Michigan actor by the name of Jeff Daniels in a, I guess you would call it a featured role. I don't know if it was a big enough part to to call it a lead role, but uh, he was great in it. And I recognized what they were playing right away. And I kept looking around, because like I said, it was crowded in there. And I I sort of moved toward the center of the store. And there's Jeff Daniels sitting at a table, signing autographs, obviously promoting Gettysburg, uh, you know, as a special event of the store. And uh, it, it was very interesting. He was talking with got to talk with people and I uh, I said hello I didn't talk with him for a long time maybe just a minute or two or or three but uh, I talked to him about his theater company the Purple Rose Theater now I didn't tell him that I had auditioned for the Purple Rose previously and uh, I don't remember ever hearing about him associated with the Purple Rose at that time. I didn't know who he was at the time I auditioned for them. And, uh, of course, after that, I found that he uh, was the founder of the Chelsea, Michigan theater company known as the Purple Rose. And uh, so we talked a little bit about that, and... And, you know, I, I, I sort of forgot about it later on. And I did always think of that moment when I saw his other movies like uh, Something Wild and uh, Terms of Endearment and, uh, gosh, a whole lot of other ones. Uh, if you go to Wikipedia, which I'll be playing some information about him today, you'll see that this man has had an incredible career, I think, and has worked with some wonderful directors, Jonathan Demme and some other greats, uh, involved in not just feature films, but in also miniseries, which he's had uh, uh, a number of. And I'm going to play today uh, some information from Wikipedia about him, and I'm also going to um, play a little interview of, uh, of him speaking, uh, not on a talk show, it was a special video, where they asked him some questions about the Purple Rose and about writing plays, which I thought was a very nice thing to, uh, to play in this episode. And, uh, and there's also, at the end... Uh, something from the Detroit Free Press about his latest film called American 
Rust. American Rust, I come to find out, is about a, a police officer uh, investigating a, a murder that took place in a town of Buell, Pennsylvania, fictional place. And um, they talk a little bit, well, actually, they review the film and uh, talk about Jeff's career. If you are unfamiliar uh, with Jeff's career, and uh, I'd be surprised because he's done a ton of things, wonderful things. And uh, you'll, you'll learn in this Detroit Free Press article about the other things that he's done, uh, which is also talked about a little bit in the, in the Wikipedia uh, section. So let's begin uh, some things today uh, about a wonderful actor, Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels, from Wikipedia. Jeffrey Warren Daniels, born February 19, 1955, is an American actor, musician, and playwright whose career includes roles in films, stage productions, and television, for which he has won two Primetime Emmy Awards and received several Golden Globe, Screen Actors Guild, and Tony Award nominations. He made his film debut in Milos Forman's drama Ragtime, and continued to work regularly throughout the 1980s to 1990s in James L. Brooks's Terms of Endearment, Woody Allen's The Purple Rose of Cairo, Mike Nichols' Heartburn, as well as the war epic Gettysburg, and the action film Speed. He found great success in his role in the comedy Dumb and Dumber, opposite Jim Carrey. He also starred in the live-action Disney film 101 Dalmatians, and fantasy film Pleasantville. During the 2000s, Daniels starred in critically acclaimed films such as Stephen Daldry's psychological drama The Hours, Noah Baumbach's coming-of-age comedy The Squid and the Whale, George Clooney's historical drama Good Night and Good Luck, and the Truman Capote drama Infamous. He also appeared in the science fiction action film Looper, Danny Boyle's drama Steve Jobs, and Ridley Scott's science fiction film, The Martian. From 2012 to 2014, Daniel starred as Will McAvoy in the HBO political drama series, The Newsroom, for which he won the 2013 Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Lead Actor in a Drama Series and received Golden Globe and Screen Actors Guild Award nominations. He won a second Primetime Emmy Award, in 2018 for his supporting performance in the Netflix miniseries Godless and an additional nomination that year for his leading performance as John P. O'Neill in the Hulu miniseries The Looming Tower. In 2020, he played FBI Director James Comey in The Comey Rule for Showtime. Daniels has also received several award nominations for his work on stage, including Tony Award nominations for Best Actor for his roles in the plays Yasmina Reza's God of Carnage, David Harrower's Blackbird, and Aaron Sorkin's To Kill a Mockingbird. He is the founder and current executive director of the Chelsea, Michigan Purple Rose Theater Company.
When you are at home in Chelsea, Michigan, and you write a play, are you just as happy doing that as you are, I don't know, getting reviews in the New York Times? Yes. Yes, I am. And that was also part of it. Because this acting thing was something I just did naturally, didn't seek out, but was kind of, I was steered by others, and it worked. I want to, it's not all I want to do. I don't want to live the life of an actor waiting for the phone to ring. I just had more to give creatively. I just, um, it wasn't just being an actor. I, I just, I didn't know quite what, but I knew that if I built a theater, that, that writing I was doing on the guitar in my apartment, um, I could, I'd been around playwrights. I was fascinated with the writing process. And when I moved home, I said, I think I can be a playwright and I can completely control the product. I built the theater to give back to the 21-year-old kid I used to be in that town who didn't have the Purple Rose, who went to New York and learned that he didn't know much. I wanted to teach that 21-year-old kid, he or she, what I learned in New York. That was the give back. Was, was there an unexpected benefit of creating that theater on your growth as an artist? Oh my God. What you learn as a playwright prepares you for doing Newsroom with Aaron Sorkin, because now you can see what the writer is trying to do in this particular episode or this scene. You don't, you come in from the writer's perspective and you, okay, that's important. I gotta hide that, but they gotta hear that because that comes back later. There's structure, but they hide it. So as a writer, you know the structure even more so and you look at a scene and your instinct is not as an actor to go, God, I wish I had a better speech there. I'm gonna, yeah, let me just touch it up. Aaron, can you see this? I, I just did a little work on it. It's better for me, I think. I think the character would, you don't know, fuck know what you're talking about. Right. So execute what, if you're lucky, a good writer like Aaron Sorkin, just execute what he did. And playwriting informs all of that. Playwriting informs how to build a set list when I'm sitting there with an acoustic guitar, solo. When is the writer writing things that you don't, you can act. You learn, you, they both inform each other. Um, I'm a better actor because I'm a playwright. Jeff Daniels on his American Rust character. There are guys like him all over Michigan. By Julie Hines, Detroit Free Press. When viewers meet Del Harris, the small-town police chief played by Jeff Daniels in American Rust, he is at home, crushing and weighing his daily pills. The routine is later revealed as an attempt by the war veteran to wean himself from drugs he takes for post-traumatic stress. Dell lives alone in a cabin in the woods and barks when a colleague asks whether he has been hunting out of season again. Nobody tells me what to do on my own land. He also is in love with a woman who calls him a good man, even as he's about to test how far he will compromise himself in order to protect her. Set in a dying Rust Belt town where the steel mills closed long ago, 
American Rust is about people having trouble keeping up with their bills, holding on to their jobs, and maintaining hopes of better things to come. In other words, it should resonate almost everywhere in 2021. There are a lot of desperate people in this country right now, and not just in this corner of Pennsylvania, says Daniels, talking by Zoom about his latest project. Premiering Sunday on Showtime, American Rust is being compared on the surface to another limited series set in a blue-collar Pennsylvania locale, HBO's acclaimed Mayor of Easttown. It also seems in line with a Paramount Plus show arriving in November, Mayor of Kingstown, starring Jeremy Renner as the top elected official of a working-class Michigan city that's being kept alive economically by the prison industry. The nine Rust episodes involve a murder that Daniels Dell must investigate after a body is found in an abandoned mill. Dell happens to be in love with Grace Poe, played by Maura Tierney, a dress factory worker with aching hands who pops ibuprofen like sweet tarts, according to her son Billy, played by Alex Newstater. But their romance coincides with Billy becoming a suspect in the crime. The fictional town of Buell is peppered with dashed dreams. Billy is a parolee who hasn't followed up on a chance to play college football. His best friend, Isaac, played by David Alvarez, is forced to take care of his bitter, paralyzed father, Bill Camp, while Billy's high school girlfriend, Lee, played by Julia Mayorga, seems conflicted about her old feelings for him now that she's moved to New York City for law school and married an affluent husband. This tapestry of unemployment, drug abuse, secrets, and an overwhelming pressure to hold things together personally and financially gives American Rust an urgency that seems of the moment, even though it is adapted from an acclaimed 2009 novel by Philip Meyer. Daniels has been a fan of the novel for more than a decade, when I got the book, I knew I could play this guy, he says of Dell. There are guys like him all over Michigan. I live around them. I came from the working class. I worked at my dad's lumber company. I know these guys, and I am one of these guys. He made the choice long ago to move back to his quiet hometown of Chelsea, Michigan, and raise a family there. At the time, it seemed like a path that would be better for his happiness than his career. Yet now, at 66, he is busier than ever as a result of having switched from doing mostly movies to embracing cable and streaming roles. Over the past 10 years, the actor famous for his charming 1980s turns in Terms of Endearment and Something Wild and the broad slapstick of 1994's Dumb and Dumber and its 2014 sequel, has won two Emmys for Best Actor in 2013 for HBO's The Newsroom and Supporting Actor in 2018 for Netflix's Godless. He also has starred in 2018's The Looming Tower for Hulu as John O'Neill, head of the FBI's Counterterrorism Unit, and last year's The Comey Rule for Showtime as James Comey, the former FBI director fired by Donald Trump. Dan Futterman, an executive producer and writer of The Looming Tower, 
created the small-screen adaptation of American Rust. Daniels says he knew Futterman would be careful in his treatment of characters trying to survive, trying to get to the next level of anything. Says Daniels, sometimes these people are played like idiots and that they deserve what they get. We've tried to find that decency in these characters and the goodness that's in there that sometimes gets shoved to the side while you do the wrong thing for the right reasons. Daniels, who has written his own works for his Chelsea-based Purple Rose Theatre Company, attributes much of the success of his small-screen efforts to writers. He says he was acting on Broadway in God of Carnage in 2009 when he had a conversation with castmate James Gandolfini that would prove transformative. Knowing how The Sopranos had changed what was possible on TV, Daniels shared his feelings about what he should do next with Gandolfini. I told him, I said, movies aren't happening anymore. I don't want to be in a comic book movie. I'm looking to go into television hard. And he goes, get yourself a good writer. He said, I got David Chase. Get yourself a good writer. When Daniels turned his attention fully to television, the first opportunity he heard about was The Newsroom, written by Aaron Sorkin of The West Wing. Running from 2012 to 2014, it gave Daniels an indelible part as cable news anchor Will McAvoy. Before being cast as McAvoy, he recalls, I said, I will kill to get that, and I met Aaron, got it right away, and worked my ass off for him. When you do that for a writer of Aaron Sorkin's caliber, you get asked back. Daniels would go on to play former Apple CEO John Scully in Sorkin's Steve Jobs biopic, Jobs, and Atticus Finch in Sorkin's 2018 Broadway adaptation of To Kill a Mockingbird. Daniels says being driven to explore new territory by writers like Sorkin, Scott Frank of Godless, and Futterman, is a new frontier for actors like me. But words alone haven't made him a small-screen success. Over time, his performances have become quieter and subtler. As a go-to guy now for Gravitas, he can do more by staring into the distance than others with an entire monologue. Daniels admits it has been a process for someone whose early acting heroes were Jack Lemmon and Dick Van Dyke, two greats known for wearing their emotions on their sleeves. He says several recent roles were lessons in stillness, particularly becoming Atticus Finch on Broadway. Of the New York stage's larger-than-life style, he says, It's got to be... It's got to be to the balcony. That's what we love about Broadway. Well, Atticus Finch ain't going to the balcony. And so you had to do it with stillness. That quality is something he remembers talking about with Justin Timberlake, who visited him backstage after seeing the show. If you're still with it in the right places, you'll pull the audience on stage with you. Over the past five decades, Daniels hasn't stayed still about the divisive political issues that roil the nation. He spoke out often against former President Trump's policies and behavior and even wrote a song titled Trumpty Dumpty Blues. Before the November 2020 presidential election, he narrated an online anti-Trump video 
Before the November 2020 presidential election, he narrated an online anti-Trump video aimed at Michigan voters and revealed it and revealed in it that he had voted for Joe Biden. But Daniels is but Daniels is first and foremost. God damn it. But Daniels is first and foremost an unpretentious everyman. He approaches his work with a blue-collar commitment to doing the job well. He went viral for wearing a plaid Carhartt shirt during his virtual appearance at this year's Golden Globes telecast. Recently, he dropped by the Detroit Tigers broadcast booth for a chat. During a profile last week on CBS Sunday Morning, he explained what keeps him in Michigan by joking. It's the humidity. I'm not comfortable unless I feel like I'm in a sauna. On October 5th, Daniels will head back to Broadway in the iconic role of attorney Atticus Finch, along with original co-star and Detroit native Celia Keenan-Bulger as Scout. In To Kill a Mockingbird, one of the highlights of the New York City Theater District's reopening after a lengthy COVID-19 pandemic shutdown. Daniels talks vividly about the power of being on stage and delivering Atticus Finch's closing argument, talking directly to 1,400 predominantly white faces, and none of them are moving. You can hear a pin drop as I shame them into turning the character Tom Robinson, a black man falsely accused of raping a white woman, loose because he's innocent. I treat them like the 12 angry white jurors in the story, and they never moved for a year. After the social and political reckonings of the past year, the play's themes of racism and justice are as relevant as ever, says Daniels of returning to Atticus Finch. I look forward to getting back into him and throwing that message out every night because we still need to hear it. And I hope you enjoyed that little bit about um, Jeff Daniels' latest project, of which he has many. Um, Today, uh, there wasn't any Facebook posts. (laughs) And I hope you'll... uh, bear with me on this there's things that I have to there's well there's decisions I have to make when I don't find enough Facebook posts to put on Uh, the Facebook posts are the priority I do like the first person reads of interesting uh, posts about people's life experience or you know Things like that. Um, And this week, it just wasn't, uh, it wasn't to be. And so I do something else. You know, that's, that's the only uh, executive decision I have to make. And that is, if you can't do one thing, do another. And I hope very much that you liked uh, what I chose to do today. Because that brings us to the end of yet another episode of Tom Reads Your Story. Portions were pre-recorded. Tell your friends if you enjoyed your visit today because we're always looking for new ones. 
Thanks, Anchor.fm, for the opportunity. I greatly appreciate it. Until next time, keep posting, everyone. Bye now. This is Tom Zania. For more information on my availability for your e-learning, commercial, or audiobook project, visit my website at www.tomzvoices.weebly.com. We hope you visit us again real soon for another episode of Tom Reads Your Story.